0: Welcome to the Acres of Diamonds podcast with Bob Larson, a nationally recognized expert in the analysis of complex life insurance structures. In the Acres of Diamonds podcast, Bob talks about the flip side of owning a life insurance policy that your client has outgrown or that has underperformed. We share insight and strategies to help advisors maximize the effectiveness and value of their clients' life insurance policies.
1: Hello and welcome to Acres of Diamonds with Bob Larson from the Settlement Masters. Today, I'm really excited. Bob has brought a guest into the studio, and he is one of the top financial and estate advisors in the United States. And that is David Kennedy from Capitas Financial, and he has been in the industry for over three decades. Let me tell you one more thing. You could drown in the alphabet suit behind his name, including his master's of science in financial services. Bob and David, how are you today? Well,
2: I'm
3: great.
1: David, how are you? I am wonderful. It's a good Friday here. Thanks for bringing us together, Eric. Hey, this is is fantastic. That's one of the things that we love to do with uh, Top Advisor Marketing specifically, works with... Amazing financial advisors and people that are in this industry like Bob and and you've heard lots of podcasts from Bob. I'm very excited that David's able to join the show today. David wouldn't be on here if it wasn't uh, something that Bob really believed in and uh, had a trustworthy confidant in David that has worked with him before. And I'm looking forward to this podcast. But I'm going to start off the questions if that's okay. Bob. Yeah. Yeah. How did you meet David and tell us a little bit about that story? And then why did you bring him on the show today?
3: Uh, one of the great uh, experiences in my life go back to the I- 1980s. I was asked by a client to bring in uh, another advisor that was uh, talking to them about estate planning. And in walked David with the financial advisor at one of the major wirehouse uh, companies. And we sat down, and in that next two hours, I learned to develop great respect for this guy, and it developed a lifelong uh, relationship. Even though they were on the other side of the table, we ended up becoming great friends and uh, with great respect to David's talent and skills. And so that uh, that was the genesis of our relationship. Why I brought him on the show is much of the same. We are in a business that requires great talent, and very few people, unfortunately, see the kind of talent That David brings to the table. And I want to emphasize that because as we proceed through this uh, series of questions that I'm going to ask him, uh, you'll get a flavor for uh, his uh, capability, not only of of pulling things out of his battle bag, but uh, the way in which he articulates, I think you'll find it to be extremely helpful and interesting.
1: So that's that is, that's kind of the answer to your question, Eric. That is, yeah, that's fantastic. And normally, Bob, you and I have a great conversation. I have lots of questions for you, but I'm handing this over to you. I, I'd like you to just go ahead and uh, take it away.
3: Well, before I, before I start talking about our business, I wanted to have Dave, David give us a little background on how he sees the kind of client that he looks for and what his unique ability is in this arena. So, David, why don't you... Touch though what do you do when you're talking to a client and how how do you express your unique ability as a as a financial estate planner
2: well robert it's uh, an interesting time in uh, our careers looking at the settlement business where I used to not address this and seeing the maturity of the settlement business and and then specifically the way you operated and run it uh, we've added this to our um, repertoire of business, uh, because I think that the advice for clients, that uh, we want to give them all the advice that's on the table, and then tell them the pros and the cons of each of these planning uh, strategies, and that uh, lately, these past few years, we've started adding the settlement business to it, uh, wanting them to know that this is out there, it's a viable business, and that it's amazing to me the interest level that arises, uh, from either the client or some of the other advisors when we talk about this business.
3: Well, you know, it's interesting because I know you had a, uh, a first experience in this, in the settlement world before we actually got back together and started talking about it. Uh, do you recall the first time you did a settlement with another firm?
2: Uh, I did. It was, uh, With one of the Wall Street firms that I've worked for, or spent most of my career with a few different firms, uh, actually two different firms under a lot of different names as they've changed uh, uh, flagpoles over the top of their buildings. But the uh, clients were New York-based people. They uh, uh, had not paid on a very, very large insurance policy for years. They put in place for estate taxes. They didn't need it anymore, didn't want it anymore anymore. And unfortunately, there was going to be some tax liability of this uh, blew up and went away. So we talked about the settlement business and what was out there and how it worked and what the benefits were for them. uh, And that they became very, very interested in the process. And as we went through this business uh, with you, took a few months, took a couple of three months as all of this business does. But uh, the end of the end of the result was that they were extremely happy. Uh, that they were able to derive uh, some money back out of their insurance policy. So it was a a nice exit strategy for them with this planning that they didn't want or didn't need anymore. And that uh, the uh, advisor, the warehouse advisor, a Wall Street firm uh, advisor, picked up a little over half a million dollars of uh, cash being able to invest in the account uh, from this account. This, uh, even though there were no compensation paid to this individual.
3: David, you know, years ago, I attended for six years, as a matter of fact, the school in, in Toronto, Canada, that was run by Dan Sullivan. And Dan uh, is a business coach. Uh, he works with presidents of companies. And the one thing that he talks about, you have, and I'd like to have you articulate it. He talks about what is your unique ability? What sets you apart from other people? And I know that the life settlement world has become another tool in your battle bag. But over and above that, you have a whole lot of tools in that bag. How do you how do you describe to a client why you're different?
2: Well, I think the the big success that I and um, my firms and partners have had through the years is when we sat in front of advisors. Uh, that could be anything from direct from the client across the table to the uh, Wall Street advisor, to the trust officers, to the attorneys, the CPAs, is uh, taking our products and all of our ideas and putting them to the side of the table and then asking the client, tell me who you are, tell me where you are in your life and what's going on with your goals and with your finances, and then where do you want it to be? So I think most that that we start there as opposed to trying to sell something We turn around and face ourselves and do client-facing meetings and saying, tell us more about you and then talk about the overview of the different subject matters, be it uh, what their uh, legal documents look like, uh, be it from the insurance world or the tax world. And now adding on the settlement world, too, is uh, talking about this as an option. And I find that where a lot of times uh, where clients did not have an interest a few years ago. They now have come back and said, uh, you talked about that settlement business. Could you uh, readdress that again for us?
3: Yeah, you know, today the the advertising is always relevant and timely. And when an advertising agency takes on a client, they want to find out what they do that's relevant and timely, because that's what people pay attention to when they hear something that's kind of the same old, same old, like I'm a financial planner, which is kind of same old, same old, uh, because a lot of people say the same things. I know from first experience how you uniquely work at solving problems versus selling products. I don't see, and I didn't see back in the 80s, where you were trying to sell a product. You were trying to solve a problem, and you looked at your products as solutions if they fit. So, you know, it's it's interesting, the timely and relevant issue that I referred to. Right now, as you know, David, but many of you listening may not know why a top-end guy like David Kennedy would begin to put the settlement world into his battle bag. and I, I'll just give you a little bit of what I think that is, one of which is David is concerned about the people that he works with. He's concerned that they're prepared for things that could happen to them. Most of the people that he works with have been people with money, a lot of money, and they have they have a look at what they're doing when they're with David to see whether or not it's in sync with what they say they want to accomplish. But what's happened to the life insurance world, uh, life insurance is an asset class, and it and has been hit by 13 different insurance companies by raising the internal cost, which increases the premium three to five times what it was before. Mm-hmm. Most of these people are in their 80s and 90s, and it just hits them right in the gut. It's just not a pretty thing. If you're doing planning, retirement planning, if you're doing... Uh, any kind of uh, investment planning, you've got to make sure that you have David evaluate the financial portfolio of the life insurance contracts they have. Because massive things have happened in the last five years and especially the last two years where people's policies are falling apart long before they ever planned on having the policy mature. They're maturing before they die. And I know that's you know David has taken this on because of the relevant issue and the timely issue of this tremendous catastrophe that's going on i, I David when you met you met me and my settlement master's role which was different than when we first met uh, back in nineteen in the 1980s we we talked a little bit about settlements it's a general term many people many of you listening have uh, some information about settlements but we as a company, Settlement Masters, wanted advisors like David because of his high level of professionalism and his incredible holistic view of how he approaches a client's financial and legal worlds so that they are prepared to make sure that all the things they have around them are clearly defined uh, to do the things that these people are struggling to get done, whether they're wealthy or, or getting close to being what's called wealthy uh, most people's financial and legal structures are not put in the place where uh, they're maximizing the value that they really need to get where they want to go. My question to you is, when I met you, what turned you on to our process that you felt was uniquely different and something that you could use in your estate planning and a liquidity planning role?
2: Well, Bobby, after doing this, uh, being in this business for a number of years, uh, when I practice in insurance and estate and trust and business planning, it's uh, we make sure all the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted because the last thing we want is to have anything come back uh, that's incorrect or perceived as incorrect from family or business associates uh, years down the road. And I saw that in what you did with Settlement Masters is that Uh, the way that you communicated uh, with the client uh, was similar to what we did as telling them uh, the pros and the cons of this, telling them the process, what it entails, what it takes uh, not to expect something done in in a few days down the road. And that then the other side of it, just as we uh, preach in the insurance side of it and saying we broker insurance uh, with a number, a number of different uh, top rated companies uh, to bring the best pricing and product to the client. Uh, you do the same thing with Settlement Masters as being able to take and uh, assemble the package about the people, about the policy, and then ship that out to a number of different, uh, I'll say carriers that are going to be the funders of this and uh, look at the bidding process. So it's a, it's the same message that we can take to the clients about uh, selling their policy in the settlement world is that uh, we're we're client-facing with that also and that we're going to see that they get the best offer. And then I think the last piece of it is just as I talked about making sure everything is done correctly uh, when we do estate or insurance planning or business planning is that you do in the settlement world is that you document everything and it's signed off by everybody that has a, has a piece of the puzzle that has a role in it. So that uh, there could be no surprises uh, down the road, uh, as we've all seen throughout our career.
3: Yeah, one of the unique things that that we implemented back in 2008, when we when we decided to incorporate settlement masters, is that uh, people need to have a understanding of what their policy can do before they sell it. If you understand, and we we take that on as a partner to David's operation. And let me just speak to that for a second, because many of you are busy doing what you're doing, and we're not suggesting, as we did with David, we're not suggesting that you change what you're doing. We're not suggesting that you learn everything about the settlement industry and do it on your own. We will take that off your plate. We will be your partners. We will brand everything as if we work for you. We will promote you within the client. We give you a covenant not to compete like we did with David. Uh, we do a compliance reporting that's been legally tested and one. It's something that you got to know about. So when David introduces us, and I've heard him, seen him, uh, he talks about his partner in Settlement Masters and how they do an analytic MRI on the current insurance to find out if it's broken. If it's broken, he'll fix it. He'll have his team fix it. We are his team in this, in this arena. And uh, so just so that you know our unique ability – is to be able to understand life insurance. Uh, we've been in that in that business as David over four uh, four decades, and we understand it like nobody else. I was talking to a provider yesterday. We, uh, as far as we know and they know, we're the only party in the in the entire settlement world that understand life insurance and have been boots on the ground for many many decades in and and working with high net worth people in the insurance arena. And so understanding insurance helps us help a client understand all the things they can do to keep their policy so that they don't find out later that there was something better than settlements. We want them to agree that the the economics of a settlement work better than the economics of uh, uh, keeping that life insurance if it's broken. And it's not a sale, it's a service. And David does it so well, and we become his partner in this arena and we're proud uh, to be that in that role. Uh David, the the fiduciary requirements are coming down like a like a uh uh tsunami. Okay. Uh it's it's amazing to me or, or better yet a, a rainstorm that is uh uh just pelting uh the ground. The American Bar, the uh, AICPA, the uh Chartered Life Underwriter, all of them are rewriting their best practice Rules because of the Anti-Discrimination Act Against Seniors. And I'll say this before I ask David the question. If you're not, if you're as a financial advisor, whether you're just in the investment world or you do a combination of different things, if you're not having an MRI done on seniors' life insurance contract, you are at risk. The fiduciary laws are strict, and they are going to be suing people that do not do this most recently, an RIA in California, 1035 uh, a life policy into an annuity. The policy had $200,000, and they converted it over to a, an annuity, which is a standard thing that you do if somebody didn't want their life insurance. But he didn't do the MRI uh, evaluation of all the things they could do to keep their policy. The, the client found out a month later that that policy that he 1035 was worth a million dollars not 200,000 that was an unhappy day for the advisor mm-hmm. because when he came back and he said to the advisor why didn't you tell me that this policy had an economic value of a million dollars you rolled it over just wanting to make a commission on the annuity and I'm not happy and he wasn't happy he hired an attorney and it ended up at a $500,000 loss for the for the broker I say this to you not to make it weird. This is unique. In 2016, this stuff started happening. The carriers started raising the costs. The premiums started doubling, tripling, and quadrupling. And people don't find out about it until their annual anniversary. And then when they do, believe me, they are not happy. And David resolves that by bringing in his team and does what I'll call an MRI on every life insurance policy it's owned by a senior whether it's uh, you know broken or not we tell them and we show them how to fix it so my question is i know that you're just the it's it's the tip of the iceberg this fiduciary thing to protect seniors about reviewing and going through a compliance process when you're talking to one of your advisors david is probably the most well known financial advisor and and estate advisor in the wall street Marketplace. He has been calling for many, many years, triple decades, helping the clients of of uh, all the major law, all the major investment firms, the public held firms that you know about, that you may be with, helping them work with their largest clients, not only in estate planning, <clears throat> but as a part of the estate planning, evaluating their uh, insurance portfolio, and in doing it, they make it part of the entire process. We do the work, we report to him, we give him a covenant not to compete, uh, we give him E&O uh, to protect the transaction. And um, so when you explain the compliance process, David, what kind of a, uh, it's, it's different than trying to sell somebody on annuity or even even selling them on the solution of life insurance because you're bringing, you're bringing money to him that he was not aware of or he looked at his life insurance policies being broken and he was going to lose it. It was going to lapse. What do you do when you're describing the service of of doing a compliance check to find out if the policy is in good shape? Well, Robert, I tell the advisors that I work with,
2: again, whether it's a Wall Street financial advisor or it's a trust officer from a trust company or an attorney or CPA, is that uh, all of the business we do, which now includes a settlement business, is really based upon on uh, two positions of offensive and defensive reasoning. why are you're going to do this is that I think I think uh, from an offensive point of view, it gives the ability for the client to be able to understand that there's uh, what's the purpose of insurance? Why did I have it in the first place? Do I need it now? Do I want it now? Can I afford it now? And what's the exit strategy and where we used to say, well, if you're going to cash it in, we need you know need to run numbers to make sure there's not a taxable problem of canceling or cashing out a policy or number two uh, is to be able to give them the information that there also is a settlement world, which wasn't there a few years ago. And the settlement world has now come into its own. It's taken a while to grow up. And go through the legislature and and to be uh, administered and and regulated correctly and re- and it is there or I wouldn't be doing the business but it for them to understand the options and I think I think from a defensive point of view for all of these families of advisors for them to understand what advice they're getting and I tell my folks that I work with they can go with the clients, the wealthy clients. Can go online and trade a stock or a bond a lot cheaper than they can do that through any major warehouse. They can go online and get a will or a trust over the internet for something a lot less than they can get from their local uh, state tax attorney, and they can do their taxes online a lot less than their local accounting firm will charge. However, they're there for a reason. They're with any of those advisors. They're there because they trust them and they're there for the advice. They want to know that. If there's something else out there that they should be aware of, whether it's investment or updating their legal documents or their tax returns or filing taxes in a different fashion would save them money, they want advice from those people. Giving them, and I think adding this settlement business to the practice gives another arrow in the quiver to say, you need to be aware that this is out there and it may have a fit for you. Uh, My job is to explain it to you, the pros, the cons, uh, the costs, the benefits, and then talk through it and then and then see what their interest level is. And I think it's uh, I tell everybody it's better that this advice is coming from you, even if the client says, no, I'll pass. Thank you. Better to come from you then all of a sudden they read about it or hear about it from uh, someplace else when they're saying, well, why didn't you tell me about this? What else haven't you advised me on? So it, offensively and defensively, I think uh, any uh, practice should should have this in their practice as part of their uh, portfolio.
3: Well, if they don't, they're going to find themselves in a peculiar situation at some given point because they're going to do something with the portfolio whether it's a policy that's just being lapsed because it doesn't work anymore. They are a financial advisor held to the top of the financial fiduciary responsibility regs, and, and they're going to become more and more clear as it moves along. And that's why this is timely and relevant. You know, it's funny because a lot of advisors are using this as a prospecting tool. And I know you are, David, by working with, if you work with a 50-year-old, they're too young for a settlement. A settlement is for an 80- or 90-year-old person or somebody in their late 70s with a medical condition. But the 50-year-old has a father that's in his 80s mm-hmm. or possibly a grandfather. And those people did estate planning so that the the, the, the the child or the grandchild could have a safety net, a financial safety net. And they probably bought life insurance as a liquidity source because that's what most prominent appropriate estate planners do. They, they do all their planning and then they, they, they supply the cash uh, through a life insurance contract, which is vastly less expensive for estate tax planning than trying to sell assets to pay the government. And David does so well at that. But it's amazing to me when somebody is, is with a client And they talk about, do you have life insurance as a part of your estate plan? Yes, I do. Have you had it reviewed? Well, not in about five years. Well, let me tell you what's happened. Uh, I need to make sure I need to offer you the opportunity of having us do a complete MRI on the contract because, you know, things have happened that have destroyed policies when we get through, or when you get through talking to them, like David does, you will find them opening up and, one of the ways to get to the senior wealthy market is to use this ladder of when you're with a 50 year old, ask him about his father, grandfather. And that's, you know, that's the key to that. Let me just tell you a quick story. We're running short on time, but I want to tell you a quick story that happened. We had a firm in Northern California that was uh, going bankrupt and they were about to, and I was brought in by the um, attorney uh, he said to me that the accountant had, had, had suggested to the client that he should drop all of his life insurance because his estate shrunk and he didn't have the money to carry it on, and so why keep it? It doesn't, it doesn't serve any purpose. But the attorney called us because he knew we did these MRI studies to see whether or not it could be fixed. We called and and uh, met with the client and found out what he needed to have happen to, for, for him to get out of the problem he was in. The financial problem, he said, I need a half a million dollars. I said, why don't you go to the bank? He said, they cut off my line of credit. He was in a real box. So I said, well, let's review and do this study on the life insurance. He said, why would you do that? I'm not going to keep it. I said, it's because you need to know, one, if it can be fixed, and your sons need to sign off so they know what you did. And secondly, it may be worth some money. He said, "What what do you mean? I said, well, I'll tell you after we look at it. So I went back. We ended up getting just about a million dollars for policies that were worth nothing. One was a term policy, and the other was a, a UL Universal Life that had a twenty-nine thousand dollars cash value nine uh, nine hundred and eighty thousand or some number like that. He took the money, put it into a national catalog. It is the number one profit center in the company, you know. And and, and he paid us one hundred and fifty thousand dollars to the advisor to do this. So th- this is something that is not a small ticket item. If you can, if you are available, if you're able to receive compensation, you'll be paid a part of that. If you're not, you're going to have a bundle of money. Nine hundred and fifty thousand. He took a half a million, put it into uh, the uh, catalog. He took another four fifty, and he put it into his investment portfolio. We've created million. We just finished a case mm-hmm. for a CPA where the client got $4.2 million. Where did it go? In the investment account. The investment advisor was able to do that. He actually carved enough out to buy long-term care on uh, the kids. Uh, So there's tremendous amounts of opportunity that David has taken advantage of. And that advantage is how you create new money for clients, how you help them create new money that they didn't even know existed. So, David, in closing, I'd like to ask you if there's anything else, and I'm soliciting a compliment, of course, (laughs) anything else that you can say about your experience with Settlement Masters that would cause you to continue to use us?
2: I would, Robert. It's it's interesting. I think my business uh, philosophy and the years have proven it out is that clients want to deal with someone that they can trust. Clients want to deal with someone that they will get a forward, straightforward, correct answer from, and that they feel comfortable then having all the information to make an informed decision. And I find that uh, if you do your homework, you know your studies, you know your the laws, you know the planning for the client and the products that you can present that and give them and help lead them down that path to say, I'm advising you to do this because, and then they understand And it's no different, I think, working with you. said, looking at this, I wanted to make certain that I had uh, added this business to my business practice. And I wanted to deal with someone who I had confidence in, who I trusted, who I think runs a good shop and a good store and then does the due diligence correctly so that there's nothing going to come back and bite us uh, in the backside years from now. And I think, without a doubt, I'm very, very happy to uh, be associated with you and Settlement Masters.
3: Well, I'll buy you lunch for that. Hey, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. And it, it's a it's a, a massively gratifying thing personally to be able to help people that are in that senior class that invested a lot of money in life insurance and to have it blow up, have it die, have it fall apart. And you can come in and you can give them an opportunity to have a review done that may very well save it. You're not going to know unless you ask the questions. You're not going to know unless you ask the questions. And if you ask the questions and say, uh, you know, I, I bring a team in. David Kennedy is my lead advisor that works with estate planning and estate issues. Uh, and I and he will bring his, his staff in to do a complete review on your contracts to let you know what can be done. If anything can be done to save the contract, if not, he will give you a picture of the capital value of the contract that will help you see that the contract might be worth 10 times cash value or something Mm -hmm. extremely greater than what you believe can happen. So Eric, I think we have covered the gamut this morning
1: and. Yeah, I think it is great. So. And and I heard about I heard something about free lunch too. So that I means <laughs> we'll get on the plane yeah, and come down. We'll give it to you. exactly, exactly. You know, and and here's the thing. You guys, you guys did fantastic. This has been a great podcast, and I would say that I think that you covered most questions that advisors would have. And I but but I i can't say that you did perfect, right? Because there may be an advisor out there go wait wait wait. I, I do have actually a couple more questions. So if they do, Bob, how do they get hold of you?
3: Well. Uh, two things. They can call, they can email me at bob at the com. Uh That's one way, or you can call mm-hmm. and calling is another uh, way to do that. Our number is 877-927-7243. That's 877-927-7243. And just ask for Bob Larson uh, or Diana Kyle, who's our uh, chief uh, information officer for the company, and she'll be happy to get you to me, and I'll get you to David, me, and we'll talk on the phone. But the most important thing I want to say to you is don't sit back and wait. This is a very, very important, Mm -hmm. timely, and relevant
1: issue. Yep, absolutely. I mean, that's a that's a fantastic point. And uh, it's something that I want you to say every time we get together, because too many people are are thinking that this isn't that important. And uh, you've proven it time and time again, this is so thank you guys so much. And David, thank you so much for being on the show.
2: Eric, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you very much.
1: You bet. And thank you all for listening to the Acres of Diamonds podcast with Bob Larson. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Bob comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends, families, and coworkers. Thanks again for listening today. For everyone at The Settlement Masters, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the Acres of Diamonds podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only.